This is Dune Talk, a DuneNewsNet.com production. Join us now for the latest Dune news, reactions, and lively discussions. Hey everyone, hope you've had a great start to 2023. We have made it. This is the year when Dune Part 2 comes out. The full crew is back and we're excited to welcome you to today's Dune Talk show. If you're joining us for the very first time, you found the official show of DuneNewsNet.com. This is the place where we cover everything Dune, movie news, Dune the Sisterhood TV series updates, book reviews, interviews with creators, and more. This is Marcus, your editor at DuneNewsNet.com, and I can't wait to talk about the recent movie and TV news with all the Dune Talk regulars. Hey, it's Garen. So glad to be back. It's been a hot minute since we've uh, done a show. Um, we're just really excited to be back. This really is going to be the year where everything comes out for part two. We've got the sisterhood. There's just so much Dune stuff coming out. I'm, I'm just really excited to be back with the guys. Um, and, and certainly we're glad to have uh, Johnny and Simon back. Simon was was gone for a little while. We're just so glad we're back together again. So, so welcome. Yeah, absolutely. I am. Uh, I'm. It feels surreal that it's already 2023. I mean, yeah, it's so cliche, but I feel like the last year just flew by. Um, this time last year, we we're getting all the nominations and, and awards for Dune at, and whatnot. And we're a year away, I guess, now from Dune 2, uh, getting all those awards and nominations. So um, it, it's fun. It's different. And certainly glad to be back on the show recording again and here with the, the whole gang, uh, especially Simon joining us again. So um, thank you all for tuning in. And it's going to be a, a really special year. This is kind of the year everything changes, I feel like, for Dune. Hey, Simon back. Uh, yeah, thank you to everyone that knew what happened. Uh, brief uh, history, I had open heart surgery. So I was out of I was out of the picture for 50 days in the hospital. Guys, it's been a year exactly today that Dune came out in home release. Isn't that crazy? Oh my gosh, that is that is crazy, actually. It showed up on my, I think, Instagram timeline a year ago today. I was like, yep, and we were so excited about getting that home release. And now, <laughs> just any pictures, anything from part two. Come on, legendary Warner Brothers. I actually have a great marketing idea when we get to something. <laughs> but great to be back. Yeah, great to be back with everybody again and uh, some exciting stories to discuss today. So let's go ahead and dive into some movie news. Dune movie news. First up, casting news. Tim Blake Nelson was added to the cast of Dune Part 2, though it's not yet been revealed which character he's playing. So to add some clarity here, uh, and as we're going to discuss in our next story after this, Production on the movie has indeed already wrapped. Uh, like the other actors, Nelson has shot his scenes last year. However, it's only now being officially announced that he joined. This is the fifth formal casting announcement for the second Dune movie following Florence Pugh, Austin Butler, Christopher Walken, uh, and uh, Leia Seydoux. Based on the reports, it sounds like Nelson has a significant role. So which possibilities are there? <laughs> Not too many, to be honest. Uh, majority of reactions on social media were people saying he must be Count Hasmir Fenring, and that totally makes sense in terms of appearance, and also considering um, Lady uh, Fenring is in the movie, uh, she's played by Seydoux. Uh, Fenring, um, yeah, in, in my opinion at least, it would be extremely odd decision to leave the Count out of this adaptation. Sounds likely, but 
there are other plausible options, right? Uh, another significant major character from the books is uh, Staben Tuek, leader of the smugglers on Arrakis. Uh, Villeneuve has left a lot of room for world building in Dune Part 2, and it would be really interesting for him to show us uh, this key faction on Arrakis. And, you know, it's a really different way of way of life that you can see um, from then. And we, we know that uh, Gurney has uh, interactions with them. Uh, starting with you, Garen, uh, I want to hear your reactions to uh, Nelson being cast in the movie. And who do you expect or hope he'll be playing? I really, I really like Tim Blake Nelson. I think he really is a formidable actor. He's done such, he's done so many films and, and TV. His career is is just uh, lengthy. Um, I I really think this is a, an actor of the caliber that can do that can do something as complex as Count Fenring. Um, so we haven't seen Count Fenring in in the '84 uh, movie. It wasn't included. It wasn't in the script, um, but I agree with you. I believe, you know, uh, Marcus, this is a this is a pivotal character. It's a really important character, even to 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 bolster the 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 reasoning for the 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 Harkonnen uh, shift in 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 the plot. I think it's really an important part to have a character who plays Count Fenring uh, in a very accurate way. And I I really think Tim Blake Nelson. He's he's just he's done so much. Uh, just I, I recently watched some interviews with him. Uh, very skilled actor, a really great person. I just really think I really believe that this is Count Fenring. I, I know that uh, he could be one of the smugglers, uh, uh, Stebbin Tuick. I, I think that's also a, a good theory. But to me, I, I really believe that this is Count Fenring. I think I think that. He can play the eccentricities of Count Fenring, which we read right from the book, but I think he can do it in a way that really blends well with uh, Leah Sido and the other the other actors uh, that that he would interact with, particularly uh, his relationship, uh, you know, with the Emperor. So that's my vote. I'm gonna go with Garen. Um, I didn't recognize the name at first, and then I did a little IMDb spine uh, research. So uh, what I was the most impressed on his INDB was the Watchmen miniseries, as he plays not Warshak, but a character very much like Warshak. And I remember him being my favorite character and being like, wow, this actor has chops. How come he's not, you know, working more in Hollywood? But Count Fenring would make only sense. I remember when this news got announced, me and Marcus were talking on Discord. I was like, Count Fenring? Like, Question mark, like instantly. Dune part two will have a lot more characters. We're going to be opening up the world a lot to both Harkonnen, Atreides, Fremens, and, you know, other houses. But I think Count Fenring has to be in it and plays such an important role. And Denis has said that we're going to get more Harkonnen stuff. Fenring will also open to the Harkonnens and Faye and the rest of them. So I think it's Count Fenring. I'm okay with whoever it is. I'm just happy. It's another great actor. Can't wait to see his performance. Interact with Walken, Xiaomi, you know, whoever he's playing. So all good stuff. Yeah, um, I'd certainly echo all of that. And uh, I'm not going to fixate on it too much, but just all the speculation has been so funny, I feel like, because... It's so obvious that it's Fenring. Like, I'm not going to say I'll bet my life that it's Fenring, but I certainly feel very confident that that it, there's nothing else 
And based on Fenring in the book, we know that he is kind of a creepy little, you know, weaselly kind of guy. And with all due respect to Tim Blake Nelson, he plays creepy, weaselly kind of guys really well. Um, and so I think that that just, it just is a perfect fit. As soon as I saw him, it came to, came to mind. So um, I think that as far as, um, the reason why we haven't heard or gotten confirmation, I know some people have been kind of speculating about that as well. I think it's really just a matter of, you know, we don't know the exact reason why, but a lot of these things, you know, finding about it, Leia say do later on, um, you know, in, in this Tim Blake Nelson report, you know, this Tim Blake Nelson thing, it's not an official, official announcement. It's a report saying that Tim Blake Nelson is in Dune. Um, that's not something that's coming from the studio directly, necessarily like a press release or something. Um, and it's not something where, you know, we were wondering, well, when um, Sharon Duncan Brewster ended up playing Lee at Kynes, well, you know, we were like, well, how didn't we know about that? Or like, well, how did no one report that? Why wasn't it in the press release when they started production? I mean, some of these things just come down simply to timing. And sometimes it's even contractual what what's in a press release or what is it? So I, I definitely wouldn't put too much stock in that. And as, um, you know, as Marcus rightfully pointed out at the start of this, that you know, he did film, he was in there, like in, in Budapest, most likely filming and everything that's already done. It's not like they're like, oh, we need to come up with this whole brand new character after we're done shooting and we need to cast Tim Blake Nelson to go play him. Um, so I think that all the the conversation has been kind of funny, but yes, I think he would be a very good Fenring. Um, I think we speculated or talked about maybe who we would like to see as a Fenring previously. Um, maybe on the show. And I, I know the one person that I kept going back to is Willem Dafoe. Um, and I think he would have been a really good choice. But I think they, again, they have very similar stature, very similar physicality. Um, they can play likable and, and kind of funny, but then they also have like a more darker side that they can play as well. So I think it's a really good fit. And and he's just a great character actor and he is underrated. Um, you know, Simon pointed out, like, why haven't I seen this guy and more stuff? I loved him in Watchmen. And I think that he'll he'll be a great addition, especially as for I think some fans, especially you know ones that have nostalgia for the the Lynch film, they kind of want a little bit more like weirdness and maybe kind of like almost campiness injected into Villeneuve's Dune. And I think we might be able to get a little bit of that with not just the inclusion of Fenring as a character, but also with Tim Blake Nelson specifically playing the character. I think that can be a really fun uh, take. So. I'm really excited and uh, I didn't expect to get more Dune casting news, you know, right around this time. So, hey, it was just a pleasant surprise. Yeah, and, and it's worth noting that dozens of other actors have been cast in Dune Part 2 for minor roles and they've shot their scenes last year, but none of them have been formally announced. I mean, like as they've been uh, come up, you know, you see sometimes INDB being updated or you see it on, the, you know, their, their CVs, but there haven't been any formal announcements. So the fact that Nelson did get, you know, this announcement, even though it was true to trades, it does indicate that he will have a significant part, not just a brief cameo, but who knows, uh, Villeneuve could completely surprise us and, you know, maybe bring in a, a character from the later books, uh, Guild Navigator, anyone? <laughs> but, yeah. I think just the pairing of him and Leia Seydoux is such a fun combination. Yeah. So I, I love her as a, as a performer, and I think that they'll be fun to see on screen together. And as, as Simon mentioned, just the, all the different characters that we could potentially see Fenring interact with, uh, again, presuming that he is Fenring. Um, I, I think it's just going to be a, yeah, it's going to add to kind of the world building and, and exploring the, they the Fenrings have a very specific reason for being in the novel. And I'm excited to see how much Villeneuve like explores that. And I'm just glad that 
you know, some people had speculated, well, maybe Sadu is going to be like a composite character almost. Mm -hmm. Like maybe she'll kind of just be the one Fenring um, stand in or, you know, other people have been saying that Tim Blake Nelson, um, you know, I had said earlier on after Leia Sadu was cast, because that was, you know, Lady Margot Fenring, I was like, okay, there's going to be an, another character, I feel like. I think this casting is going to come like later at some point. And if people remember, I mentioned Sharon Duncan Brewster, who plays Kynes, who is an even more significant character. We didn't hear that she was even in the movie until the Vanity Fair piece, which came out a year after they started filming the movie. Um, and so that was a complete surprise. And then Stephen McKinley Henderson, who played Fufir, you know, he was in the press release as the actor, but they didn't say who he was playing. Um, now, right away, I was like, okay, he's playing Thufir because that's such a perfect like fit. I think it's going to be a similar situation here. We didn't find out about McKinley Henderson until the Vanity Fair piece. And I feel like we're probably not going to know that this, you know, that Nelson is Fenring until we get, you know, the first big, um, you know, exposure to Dune Part 2, whenever that may be, hopefully in a few months, not too far away. Next story. As mentioned, Dune Part 2 has officially wrapped its principal photography and it's now in post-production. Back on December 12th, uh, Timothy Chalamet took to Instagram with a nice photo of himself and his, uh, his father in the desert uh, to confirm that filming was, was complete. And that basically concluded five months of production, to give or take, uh, including shoots in Italy, Hungary, Jordan, and finally in the United Arab Emirates. Uh, Johnny, knowing that they were out in the desert filming through to mid-December, does that change anything in terms of your predictions on timelines, uh, not only to marketing, but also film festivals? Not so much. Um, you know, we already know that they've adjusted the release date, and that was a while back at this point. That was in the fall. I, I know I saw, I think it was Deadline, maybe, or Variety had posted an article where they were kind of speculating which films this year could go to the festivals. And they did mention, and again, who knows if they have inside info on this, but they speculated at least that Dune Part 2 could go back to Venice. Um, now, that would be a that would be a September screening and it you know it's not unusual that some films go to festivals and then they're not necessarily done or they're not maybe totally finished maybe there's more editing to do um who knows i think it's going to be really close if they try to do that but it's not impossible um i just don't think like we kind of knew that, that they were going to run this long and so it doesn't really change my thought process on it i think as far as the timeline like it all seems pretty well in place um, I don't think we're going to get a real look at the movie as far as like photos or a magazine spread like Vanity Fair did. Um, Oppenheimer, which is another like super anticipated movie for this year, Nolan's next movie, that got a magazine spread recently and that's not out until July. So I wouldn't expect any sort of images, a story on it until at least, you know, March, April, maybe at the earliest. Vanity Fair's piece, I think, came out around that time um, and during Dune Part 1 and Dune Part 2 was, or Dune Part 1 was supposed to release in October at that time. Um, so I think, or even November. So I think that that still makes sense. And I, I, I wouldn't anticipate getting a trailer, really seeing any footage necessarily until the summertime, most likely when a lot of the, the year's first big blockbusters are going to be coming out um, based on other trailer timelines and whatnot. It would make sense to have it out around maybe May or June um, before people go to the theaters and start seeing a bunch of movies where trailers are naturally going to be showing up. I was actually thinking about the trailer today for, you know, the 500th time during the day. Um, you know, there's a new Indiana Jones movie coming out, and I know that's a Paramount film, 
but how great would it be if we go Dune Part 2 trailer before Indy? Because I feel like the crowd that wants, that goes to see Indy would be a crowd that would be interested in Dune Part 2. Um, I think that's one of the biggest movies I can think of that's not a Marvel movie or a DC movie. Oppenheimer looks amazing, but I don't know if that's something you want to market Dune Part 2 with. And I feel like that would be too close to Dune's release date. You know, that's that's just what I was thinking. Maybe with Indy or like me and my boss were talking, maybe there'll be a little teaser during the Super Bowl. Let's not forget a lot of people also watch the Super Bowl here in America. And a lot of films have even a quick minute and a half teaser. And then later on, we get a full trailer. So I don't think we're going to get with Ant-Man this upcoming uh, month, but I think it'll be more down the line with Indy and maybe during the Super Bowl, we'll get something. Right now, I just, I want an image. Like I want an official image. And I was thinking about this when I was talking about marketing and Warner Brothers. I know we haven't mentioned it yet, but Austin Butler, who less than a year ago, we were going, who uh, has won a Golden Globe for Best uh, Dramatic Performance in Elvis. Now, how great would it be for Warner Brothers to be like, you loved Austin Butler and Elvis. Here's a little preview of him, just a little image of Faye Roth up from part two. That would get the hype up for Austin Butler, also Warner Brothers, which we all know they've been struggling. And Dune 2 would be start to be coming in everyone's eye and being like, oh, I really like that Elvis movie. Maybe I should watch the first Dune and see what he's going to be like in Dune 2. Just having him holding a crest knife, just a simple little image. Wait, Simon, you're saying you're saying Villeneuve knew better than all the stands online <laughs> when, when Butler was cast a year ago? You think uh, he, got the, I think he got the right choice for that? I, 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 he did. I think him and Bass Warman had a nice little conversation I'm still amazed by Austin's performance in Elvis. I think it's one of the best ones I've seen in in years. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I, I just keep thinking the same about how ahead of the curve Villeneuve was uh, with, with with some of those casting decisions. Villeneuve and his and his whole team, of course. I mean, like with with Austin Butler like skyrocketing in popularity. That that's basically another fan base that's going to like be interested in in Dune now because of a like a specific actor. Yes, Austin Butler. He's. It, I just can't get over how funny it was because when he, he was announced, I was like, and we talked about it on the show, of course. And I had only really seen him in his very small appearance in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And uh, I was just like, you know, I don't know why. I just, I feel like this is going to like work out. Like, I just think that he just, I can see what they're going for. And of course, I also knew that Elvis was coming out and I had had good info on that, but it's just the way things work sometimes over the last year. I mean, how quickly that's gone by. I think he might've been cast in like March of last year. Um, it's just, it kind of leaves your head spinning, but yeah, it's a, it's a good point that, you know, Austin Butler's profile is on the rise. Florence Pugh, of course, is always in the conversation. Zendaya is still winning awards for Euphoria. And, and of course, um, a lot of the other cast are, you know, are are always in the these films from last year and even going into this year. So Florence Pugh, she's in she's an Oppenheimer. I mean, it's just there's all that synergy, and I think that casting certainly uh, 
those decisions, you know, you go for who fits the role the best, obviously. And if you have all these extra benefits, awards and, and otherwise, then, you know, so be it. You know, Simon, I would expect there to be a, a Dune Part 2 trailer with uh, the, a, a trailer with the Oppenheimer film, only because I think there's a really strong overlap uh, between uh, fans of, of those two directors. I just think, um, I, I think they're, they're, that would make sense to me. Um, in fact, I wish I could peer into the minds of the, the marketers behind Dune Part 2 to kind of know where are they going to get the most bang for their buck in terms of visibility? Because this is the second part. This is the second film, part two, right? So mm-hmm. there's already an audience worldwide. Um, is your strategy to expand that? Is your strategy to make sure you hit the exact uh, audience again? Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how they how they play with that. But um, they're they're working with a known quantity. So so how do you expand on that? Yeah, one one quick thing I'll just say to kind of like add to that, because Garen makes a good point. I'll, and I'll just I have to get on record in case I end up being right about any of this. But, you know, for Dune part one, after, you know, well, we were in the middle, midst of the pandemic, but as things were starting to kind of formulate into what the release was ultimately going to be, the way that they kind of relaunched their whole campaign was with that special fan event with the behind the scenes and the first, you know, 10 minutes of the movie, which was such an, an ingenious idea, I think. Uh, and that was also that coincided with the trailer release online, um, you know, in that same time span. And so I think it makes sense. Oppenheimer is, I think, does there's that overlap there. Um, also keep in mind that it is technically, it's being distributed by Warner Brothers. And so they have some stake in it. And also Dune Part 2, just like the first movie, is going to have large IMAX components, even more, as they said, than the first one. And IMAX typically likes to kind of highlight you know, these films with each other. So like Avatar, for example, just this past month or two, they had a special IMAX preview of Mission Impossible. They had special IMAX preview of um, Creed and all these other movies and and Oppenheimer actually, which is again, months away, but they still had a a preview for it that was specifically for IMAX. Um, And Warner Brothers also getting in on the action, again, mentioning them, they had a Barbie trailer that was exclusive to theaters and then the trailer came out and it was kind of like a surprise essentially. So I could see something similar happening with, um, I I hate to bring up superhero stuff and especially this particular movie, maybe more than others, but Warner brothers has the flash coming out in June, which is going to be one of their biggest, if not their biggest movie of the year. And, you know, I could see that being one that they would want to have that trailer timed with. And then also again, thinking of July and Oppenheimer, you know, Mission Impossible comes out in July. That has a large IMAX component. I could see them tying that in. And then Warner Brothers has Barbie in July as well. And the same day, Oppenheimer comes out in IMAX. So I think right in that that window, it makes a lot of sense. Um, and Indiana Jones, Simon, also comes out in June, right around, right around The Flash, I believe. So it's going to be, uh, this year is going to be nuts in general. Um, just for anyone who does know, like there's going to be so many big, good movies. So it's exciting overall, but um, I, yeah, there's going to be a lot of stuff to kind of thankfully keep us distracted or busy between now and and when the actual Dune Part Two movie comes out. And uh, Johnny, look, looking at the performance of of Avatar, which uh, obviously like uh, killed it both domestically and internationally, like th- does that change your perspective of what could be the ceiling for uh, Dune Part Two's performance? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, I've been bullish since the beginning about 
doing part two's prospects at the box office just because part one did really well and it did well on HBO Max. It had that component, which was a detriment really to its box office probably. Um, and it also was really more in like the heart of the pandemic. Obviously we're going to be uh, you know re more removed from that time span. Um, and it's got more weight to it now. I mean, people went into Dune like pretty much blind unless you were a bigger fan or maybe an older fan necessarily. This is like, it's like a cultural like moment now with Dune and there is some again synergy avatar has similar you know themes going on has similar you know it's a sci-fi kind of like epic um people obviously have a taste for that now Dune is not going to have some of those elements that that avatar will and I'm not certainly not expecting the box office to come even close but I do think it's going to perform really really well and I think I, I said this on Twitter like I think my prediction really is that the first one made 400 million worldwide. I think it could possibly get close to doubling that would be my my guess. Um, I like to think of examples of, you know, superhero movies, they come out with the origin film and maybe it's a lesser known hero like Captain America or something. It makes a few hundred million. Then Captain America 2 comes out and it makes like double that. It makes like 800 million. Batman Begins went from making like less than 400 million and then The Dark Knight made a billion dollars. So I think if you have the right mixture of main, you know, main kind of highlight actors, and then you have more spectacle, which Dune Part Two is going to have, more IMAX tickets being sold, a better release window, less COVID, um, no HBO Max. I think that's kind of like a really good recipe. And again, Avatar, as you point out, was, I mean, no one expected Avatar to do that well. And even I expected it to do really well, and I didn't expect it to do this well. So I think hopefully fingers crossed i do think that that dune part two will see not that big of a jump but i think it will be a considerable overperformance. would be my my feeling uh, i just I, I don't even want to think about it i just these days i'm just like ah dune whatever i got other stuff to worry about but when dune comes back for real when that vanity fair article drops or whatever it's going to be that's uh, going to be a very fun exciting time so uh, that's why we're all here but yeah it's it's a it's gonna be a long year um, but a good one for sure awesome so now it's time for our roundup of uh tv series updates dune tv news so as you know since our last news discussion on dune talk there have been tons of casting announcements for dune the sisterhood travis Fimmel will be one of the show's leads joining the previous announced Emily Watson and Shirley Henderson. He's playing Desmond Hart, a charismatic soldier with an enigmatic past who seeks to gain the Emperor's trust at the expense of the Sisterhood. Then we have Mark Strong as the Emperor, Javico Carino. The official character description reads, a man from a great line of wartime emperors who is called upon to govern the Imperium and manage a fragile peace. Then there have been tons of other serious regulars announced, including Sarah Sophie Bosnina as Princess Ines. She's heir to the Golden Lion throne and likely the daughter of Javico and Empress Natalia. That's uh, Indira Varmer's character. We also have Shalom Bruna Franklin as Michaela. She's a Fremen woman who serves the Krinos, but she's actually never set foot on her homeworld of Arrakis. Then we have Chris Mason, who's playing Kieran Atreides. He's likely a direct ancestor to Leto and Paul a swordmaster to a great house whose ambition to live up to his family name is disrupted 
when he forms an unexpected connection to a member of the royal family. We also have representation from the rivals in Edward Davis. He's playing Harrow Harkonnen, a rising politician from a once great family who harbors a strong desire to elevate his house to its former glory. And a lot of actors have been announced as sisters or acolytes in a sisterhood school, including Faulian Cunningham and Jade Anuka. I haven't named them all, but in total, we have 14 characters who have been formally announced and at least one more actor in a yet to be confirmed role. Simon, of all these cast members announced so far, who stands out most to you? I'm gonna go with Mark Strong. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. I think he'll give a name. Uh, people know who he is, especially if you're a film fan. You look at his IMDb, you know he's done great performance after performance. And he's one of those character actors that you're always like, well, I hope they give him a big break. Kind of like Timothy, um, not Timothy, but Tim Nelson Blake. And once again, this show is a mystery to me. I'm I'm curious to know where we're going to go with it. And I'm curious to know how much Harkonnens we're going to get, how much Atreides, and how much political intrigue that we're going to get. I'm sure between the sisterhood we will, but the rest of the known universe. So it's a big mystery. I'm happy that they're announcing stuff, but yet I kind of want to keep this show a mystery and go in fresh and be weekly or, you know, whatever it is, being like, oh my God, I can't believe they did this. You know, one of the shows that blew me away last year was Endor. And look, I'm a big Star Wars fan. I don't care about Rogue One, but that show made me care about that show, not because of Cassian Endor, just because of the side characters that you got introduced to and the political intrigue of it. So that's what I'm hoping with the sisterhood. I'm going to just say that um, it, this show is a mystery. We, we really don't know a lot about it. We don't know really uh, what material directly it's going to draw from or if it's being completely recreated. Um, uh, just going back 10,000 years before before the original Book of Dune. Um, but what I'm glad about is that we have, uh, you know, actors, again, of the experience level of, of like Emily Watson and, and Mark Strong. Um, I, I think, uh, just to pick, I, I think I'm going to go with uh, uh, Travis Fimmel, only because I, I watched him in Vikings, that series, and I just thought he did a really, he just has such gravitas, at least he did in that series. And, and if he's one of the leads in this, then I, I think it will lend to, to the credibility of, uh, of, the, of the series and, and of his role. I don't know exactly what his character is um, or how that will play into the plot lines, but um, I'm just glad that we, that we have, because there's a lot of characters, a lot of roles in this series, um, I guess, as is often the case with some of these. And I'm just glad that we have kind of leading out some very formidable, very experienced actors uh, in, in those three that I mentioned. And obviously, uh, there's probably some uh, new up and coming talent in, in all these other uh, players uh, in the film or in the series. And, uh, you know, you just never know who could come out on top and who could go on to be someone extremely uh, famous. So. Yeah, that's my take. I'll go with Travis Fennell. Yeah, those are 
uh, those are probably the two I'm most excited about as well by sheer virtue of them being the most, uh, you know, visible to me uh, at this point. You know, I've seen Mark Strong in movies and shows as, for years now. I mean, as long as I can remember uh, him being in, uh, you know, Sherlock Holmes with Robert Downey Jr. And he was a great villain in that. And um, he was the bad guy in Kick-Ass with Aaron Taylor Johnson, you know, 12 years ago, whenever that was. So yeah, he has, um, I think those are both really good choices. Travis Fimmel, he's got to be like a Sardaukar, right? Like he looks like a bad dude and they say he's a soldier. So that seems like maybe he's an ex Sardaukar, but we'll see. We'll see what that's all about. But um, yeah, Mark Strong, I think he'll have a great presence. And as Simon pointed out rightly, you know, he brings, you know, his face and his uh, name to the the project and, similar to Emily Watson. I think those are really two, like the most high profile, I would say of, of the cast members, but Garen also makes a great point. And that's, I think what I'm most excited about more than anything, isn't one particular person that I'll name, but just all these different names that I don't know yet, but hopefully will be great um, performers and de deliver great, you know, memorable, um, you know, performances as these characters that we have to, you know, be introduced to. You know, a year a year ago this time, no one knew who Millie Alcock was. Um, and House of the Dragon made her like one of the most famous people in the world for a couple of months. You know what I mean? So I think that that is that that's what excites me. You know, it's similar with like Emma Darcy and Olivia Cook was someone who I was familiar with and she had been in movies and she's always been great. But her profile has just been elevated so much. I could see that happen. HBO. Uh, you know, more than anything, I'm just so excited and glad that this is an HBO production because they have such a strong track record, especially with these genre shows like like a Game of Thrones or House of the Dragon. The Last of Us right now is probably going to be like one of the most acclaimed shows of the entire year, and it's January 11th as we record this. Um, so I think as as long as the writing's there, I trust the directors, I trust the the people casting and hbo and, and i just think that it's going to be uh really really interesting and as simon mentioned also for my own perspective like i don't even really want to think about this too much right now like most of my thought is on dune part two and seeing what else hbo is going to put out this year um in addition to the last of us and succession which really which is one of my favorite shows um this is definitely going to be a 2024 show i think it's safe to say probably won't even hit HBO until after Dune Part Two is on like Blu-ray, um, so I, I think that it's it's really fun to think about, but it's almost like hard to wrap my head around it at the same time. But all these casting news were very welcome and definitely got me more excited than I thought I even would be. So um, yeah, I'm just really I'm 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 buzzed about it. I think it's going to be a really uh, interesting take. I mean, we none of us really know what to expect, um, and we don't have like a ton of information, so. Um, fingers crossed. I just hope that, that you know that, that they all are able to get some juicy material to work with. And in terms of production updates, uh, Johan Renk, uh, director of the premiere episodes, confirmed that the filming of Dune: The Sisterhood kicked off on November twenty second. And uh, as of early January, we know that production was still underway. We saw pictures of Strong and Female were photographed near Arrigo Studios in Budapest. Uh, that's where the series is being filmed. Uh, we haven't seen anything in terms of timelines, in terms of like how long they're going to be there. Are they going to go to other locations when it's going to wrap? Um, but we have seen like from past experience, um, 
like if you look at a 10 episode TV series that also filmed uh, in lo locations that they could have been filming for for anywhere from three to six months. So I think as Johnny was mentioning, it's still uh, a ways off, like they, they could be like still producing the, the, this thing for another, um, you know, maybe th three to four months uh, from now. So we'll, we'll have to wait on further news on that. What What is the success rate of, of series like this coming off of you know, a, a blockbuster film and, and staying with the genre. I realize it's 10,000 years before Dune, but it's integrally tied to the same story. So I don't know. I just, it makes me kind of contemplate, you know, well, you know, what if it's so different? I mean, it's in the universe, but what if it's so different from what we know? Um, I guess it has to fly on its own merits, right? I mean, it can't it can't uh, fly on the coattails of the of the movies. Although the awareness it creates that uh, awareness that this is a similar universe. Well, it is the universe that Dune is in. But I don't know. I just I, I wonder is the success completely and utterly tied, or does it have to prove itself? And and what if it doesn't? I don't know. It's just an interesting thought. I think it's a little bit of both. I think you have the name Dune. So people that are enjoying the films might be like, oh, what is this? And then you have some people that might be like, oh, it's so far in the past. It's a prequel. And sadly, prequels still get a bad rep. Thank you, Mr. George Lucas for that. But um, in general, I think it's it's a little bit of both. I think you'll have the people that are like, oh, I really love Dune. And then people being like, oh, I don't know any of these characters. Why should I be invested in them? It's not like Star Wars where you get a Kenobi show where you're familiar with Kenobi for you know decades now or something like Boba Fett. But then you look at something like The Mandalorian, which is a Star Wars spinoff. You just had the name Star Wars. And, you know, the whole baby Yoda Grogu was a mystery until it aired, but people were intrigued by it. So I think it's a little bit of both. Honestly, I think if HBO does a good job of marketing it, and I believe it, and like Johnny said, it's HBO, you know it's going to look beautiful. You know it's going to be high intense drama. I mean, HBO is probably the premier, like, studio when they make their own stuff in-house you know like i haven't seen white lois but i've heard it's beyond amazing you know there's never been an hbo show where you're like eh, i don't know wasn't that great like one of the best shows ever on tv for me is still oz and we're going back like almost 20 years ago and that was <laughs> early H hbo the sopranos is up there and that was early hbo's show so like the the last of us i know what the game is but i know johnny's super excited about the show and i'll be tuning in this week i think when it starts and being like okay i want to see what this is all about for a production and also just the story so i think there's a lot of stuff at play if the show is good <laughs> like i'm saying if people watch it and they're intrigued and the acting is good and the story is compelling and it looks amazing and sounds amazing. It will have the production values. I have no doubt about that. Then 
it'll be a success and people will watch it and it'll be nominated for awards and all these other things. I think that to me, that's not the question. Will people dig it? I don't think they're going to go from Dune part two and be like, oh, this isn't like Dune part two and part one. I'm not going to watch this. It's too different. I think that let's use Andor as an example because Garrett, not Garrett, but Simon was pointing that out. And Andor, I haven't watched all of it. I have watched some of it. And I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan. I'm not even really a Star Wars fan, just putting it bluntly. But (laughs) I don't think it's, Andor is very different from the Star Wars movies. It's not The Empire Strikes Back. It's not Return of the Jedi. It's very different in tone and style in a lot of ways. But it has good writing. It has good performances. And it has good production values, even compared to like Mandalorian um, and so I think that was enough to get people to watch it. It had it did well with the streaming numbers, and now it's up for Screen Actors Guild Awards and Golden Globes. And you know, um, I think that that's just a testament to even if it's different, if you put in the time and the effort, you know, behind the camera in front of the camera, I think that you'll find the audience. You know, more often than not. And again, HBO having giving it a big platform is you know, integral to that. And so that, that makes me more confident than not, I guess I would say. Yeah. And I think maybe that warrants a whole entire episode, but uh, touching on the source material um, itself. So we know that this, the basis for this TV series is the the, the books uh, written by Brian Herbert, Kevin G. Anderson, the schools of Dune trilogy. But then we also know that from all these casting announcements that almost all these characters are original, right? They're, they're not in, in any of those books. I think there's only, um, uh, one or two which plays a really significant role but the rest are original characters so th- th- there there are a couple of directions um, that could go in and I'll probably uh, yeah we probably will need a whole other episode to talk about but I think there's already a lot of clues in some of those character dis- descriptions uh, like what, what we're hearing from you know the characters in the in the sisterhood school uh, what we're hearing about the Treys and the Harkonnen uh, at, the, at the time so I think uh yeah, I, I think that they have a lot uh, to work with, and it, it is exciting that it's, it is going to be like completely original stories uh, be, being told in the Dune universe. The Duneverse. Books, comics, games, collectibles, and more. So this past uh, December 8th at uh, 2022's uh, The Game Awards, Funcom unveiled the first early in-game footage for Dune Awakening. Uh, this came in the form of a pre-alpha teaser trailer showing some stun- stunning scenes from desert to urban area and some of the features we can expect. Uh, so, Johnny, I want to uh, ask you, has, has this trailer changed your perspective of, uh, of this game? <laughs> uh, well, here's an answer. I have not watched the trailer. <laughs> so it's safe to, it's safe to say my perspective has not changed. And uh I don't anticipate it changing anytime soon because I I just I can't bring myself to get too heavily involved with that and just I don't know. I know Garen has much more um expressive thoughts on this than I do. So I'll let him talk in a second, but I just I don't know. Th- this type of game and I I just don't think that I'm going to be the target audience for it. Um, again, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I would love like Gorilla or like Sony Santa Monica or Naughty Dog to get some Dune rights and to make like an, like an epic third person action adventure game, like in the Dune world. I think that that would be my dream game. 
but um it, this is one is probably not going to be it but uh, i'm excited to hear what, what everyone else has to say about it so so johnny it's more that uh that you want sort of a more action oriented uh first person perspective game is that what not you're saying even, not even action because this i know this game is not going to be heavy on action is my understanding based on the type of game that it is but like this game is more it's not like a strategy game necessarily but it's more like exploring and um what's the what's the, the genre called garen uh mmo uh yes open, open world survival. Yeah. Yeah, yeah survival yeah that's yes yeah that that to me probably isn't like narrative driven enough quite for me to to be able to latch on to it but well, I mean, again, what I've seen, I did see a glimpse of the trailer. I didn't watch the whole thing. I saw a lot of images as well. It looks interesting. It's just, I don't think, I, I don't know if I, I'm also confused by some things like the worm design for one. I don't know what's happening with that. You can probably, you, know, you probably know what I'm talking about, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not sold, I guess, is my my short, long answer. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's totally fair. Um I think uh, my 17-year-old son really, uh, there's, a, there's a game called Ark, I believe, that's a survival, open-world survival MMO, and he just loves it, and uh, he's playing something different now, but he really liked it for a long time, and there must be something, I haven't played that game, but the idea of being able to enter Arrakis, to be in that world, and to know what I know about the story, and being such a fan of Frank Herbert's universe that he's created, being able to actually almost on my own explore that. And I'm sure you're faced with lots of challenges. You're faced with uh, threats and, and, and maybe there's even puzzles and things, strategies that you have to figure out to survive. I mean, this is maybe not your thing, Johnny. This is, this is totally my thing. Like I absolutely love this type of thing because as a kid, I, I was so into, this is maybe before all of your time, but just the the choose your own adventure books. You know, we didn't have computers back then. So you were able to read a book, but you could actually determine and make choices throughout the book. And, and every time you read it, it was a, a little bit of a different experience. So this is just that on a massive scale in this universe that I've loved all these years. So it just looks beautiful. I mean, a game like this, you've got to make it gorgeous. It's got to be completely attractive, believable. I, like you, Johnny, I'm a little saddened that it doesn't exactly match the film uh, designs like The Worm and other things. But it's mm. still it, it's still the world that I know, and it's it's still doomed. So um, I just hope they, they do it right. As I understand it, it's really complex to, to build an effective game in this genre. Mm. Uh, open survival type game and you have to bring an audience that's what makes it uh compelling is when more and more people are playing it for instance like uh the the strategy game doing spice wars which has become very popular and has really gained an audience thank goodness you know this one's gonna have to do the same so it'll be interesting to see if that happens but i would say they're they're hitting all the right notes to have this thing have the right look and feel and for a fan like me who likes this type of game, I mean, I can't wait. I'm super excited. <laughs> well, I was hoping I can play Spice Wars during my stay at the hospital. But sadly, like I said, no Wi-Fi connection, really. 
Uh, I just watched the trailer. Garen, I'm surprised you didn't talk about the ornithopters in the, <laughs> in the trailer. I see so you were talking. I'm like, and he's going to start talking about the ornithopters right about no. Uh, I got to take a break because I've said too much about ornithopters. So I got to take a break, Simon. Okay. Uh, but I'm kind of like between both of you. I'm excited to play this game. And I still think some of the designs of the worms and all that can still be early designs and the game's not finished. It looks like it has a late 2023 release or early 2024, which is good. That'll give me time to get a PS5 and play Jedi Survivor and finish that game and then go right into this. But I'm not a big gamer, but yet as a Dune fan, I want to play this game because I want to walk around in that environment. I want to live on Arrakis. I want to feel it. And then, you know, I might get this game, play it for an hour and be like, well, this sucks. <laughs> I never, I wasted 70 bucks or 60 bucks on this, but it's a big question mark, but I'm, I'm in both camps. I'm not a diehard gamer, but yet I want to be in merge. I want to be taken away. I want to play this game. So I just want to know, I just want to make a point that I'm the oldest guy on this team and I'm the gamer. <laughs> what, what does that mean? <laughs> well, Garen, uh, I, I also remember those books, by the way, the Choose Your Own Adventure books. Okay, I'm not with the, the only with the gray spines and all that. I yeah. remember getting those and just being blown away by them and being like, oh my God, these are awesome. And honestly, you never got the same adventure unless you went through the same path all the time. You change one chapter, it changes your whole entire adventure. And there was a lot of them, but I remember <laughs> also. It was, it was cutting edge in 1981, I'm telling you guys, it was cutting edge. <laughs> <laughs> well i read them in 87 88 so a little bit after <laughs> yeah i have to, have to say like i'm definitely excited to, to play this game I, I like the aspect that it can be you know like set on, on dune set on arrakis and like an immersive experience and i also think the community aspect can be interesting i mean like having a community of people who are enthusiastic about dune and they're playing a the game and engaging with each other i think maybe the, the main concern for, for me at, at this time like for like games in this genre and like online massively multiplayer games in, in general there is a large time commitment right like so if you really want to get the most of it out of this type of game you know you have to really engage with it a, a lot so th that that would be like my my only concern like being as you know on top of working full-time and running a with um, editing on Do Newsnet, uh, you know, it's, it's <laughs> I'm definitely going to play the game, but like how much I'm going to get it to play it with that, that's a different question. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not against or downing anyone that wants to play this game or is excited about. I honestly, I may end up playing it anyway, just because I, I love Dune and I think the concept is cool. Um, and then I think the more Dune games, the better. And if this one's a success, then hopefully we'll get more uh, just like we were talking about with the sisterhood show at this stage in the dune you know lifespan just anything it matters and so um i'm excited to see kind of and and simon also pointed out that the designs could change the ultimate look of the game could change so there's a lot in the air with this one i think in particular but um yeah, I'm, I'm going to be very curious. I'm going to be waiting all year to hear what Garen has to say. I don't know when this what if they've set a release date yet or not, but uh, I'll be looking for that review. 
and no release date and this is pretty pretty early in the development because this is a pre-alpha trailer so there's uh, there's still a ways to go and and hopefully they, they take their time right you, you don't want them to rush a game like this and then like uh you know have a you know a bad release associated with, with dune so I'm, I'm hoping that they take as much time as they need okay that's a wrap for this week uh thanks for tuning in everyone and uh yeah look forward to some uh, more news and more dune talk coming a lot more dune talk coming this year hey this was simon uh dowdy you can find me on social as dowdy uh pretty much on all of them once again thank you everyone um for your support while we were gone um super excited 2023 hopefully next year for our, our holiday special we can all wear ugly dune sweaters let's really push that you know i want i want an ugly shy hulu sweater <laughs> for christmas next year but great being back and i can't wait to go on this crazy roller coaster that's going to be leading up to part two of this film that we're all excited about uh yes um simon i wish you hadn't mentioned the merch because my birthday the dune comes out the beginning of november my birthday is in november <laughs> and christmas of course is after that so i'm gonna be i'm just gonna be drowning in it hopefully that's my my goal but um yes this is johnny Sobchuk again thank you so much all for listening and, and tuning back in i know we had quite a little layoff there but um more than anything just glad simon is is okay and on the mend and at, and at home so um and glad to see all the all the gang here again and uh johnny subject that's my handle on twitter and letterbox instagram um so you can find me there and, and stay tuned is because as simon said you know this is going to be a really really big exciting year hey yeah this is garen granada thank you you guys for joining us uh we just we love uh, your support uh we love talking about uh this franchise so glad to have Simon back. Um, he was he was gone for quite some time, and, and we really missed him. So, just glad you're back, Simon. Glad we're all back together again. And and thanks for everyone for listening. Yeah, and this is Marcus Gabriel. You can find me writing and posting on DoNewsNet.com and at DoNewsNet. Yeah, and really really glad to be uh, back here with everybody on the show. And as mentioned, we have uh, a lot more to come this this year. We're also going to be doing some some great stuff uh, for the community. So uh, stay tuned and take care. We hope you've enjoyed Dune Talk. Remember to like, subscribe, and turn on notifications so you know when the next episode drops. Stay tuned to dunenewsnet.com and add us to your social feeds. Be the first to hear breaking news and reviews.